the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, inviting you to join the fight to end human trafficking. Look in the eyes to see. Look in me straight to leave. You give me all I need. So give me courage to believe. Each week, Abolition Radio sheds light on the darkness of modern slavery, celebrates the work of abolitionists who are fighting for freedom, and equips the church to engage in the work of justice with hope rooted in God's Word. Our goal is to see a radio audience become an army of gospel activists. You're in the neighborhoods we live in. You're in the ones we're passing by. You're in the ones we call our neighbors. And the ones who still sleep Now here's the host of Abolition Radio, founder and executive director of Love Never Fails, Vanessa Russell. Thanks, Dave, and welcome to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. We're in the studio today uh, with my partner in justice, uh, Miss Vanita Hopkins. Hello, everybody. Yes. And Glad I, to be here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll tell you about that later. <laughs> but um, we have a special guest in the mm-hmm. studio that um, we've actually recently met at the Contra Costa CSEC Task Force meetings, and we're so grateful to have with us Jameer Reynolds in the studio with us. Welcome, Jameer. Thank you. Thank you, ladies, for having me. Yeah. And so um, in reading your bio, I learned first off that we're, you know, from the East Coast. So this whole room, right? (laughs) Um, I still can claim that even though I only had two years in. But yeah, I I still can. Um, So you're originally from Trenton, New Jersey, and um, you were raised there by your grandmother. Yes. Um, And so we're going to talk a little bit about that during the during the show about how it is, you know, how it feels to be a young man that's being raised by a grandmother because there's a whole generation of young men uh, that have been raised by their their strong and loving grandmothers. And and, 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 and here you are, I must say, very dapper today. <laughs> very dapper, um, but always dapper, yes. may, may I oh, say? Okay, so this Thank isn't you. the exception. He's no. got a flower on his lapel. <laughs> now, that uh, might be now, the exception. I mean, I mean, come normally on. it's a brooch. Normally yeah. it's a brooch. You know, I'm going to try to okay. change it up. It, it, it's looking good. It's, it's, it's looking all good. right. Yes. And, and, and so just, you know, bringing some of that in... Um, and, and talking more about being, as your bio said, a latchkey kid, um, not having um, perhaps all the things that one might think that they need. And yet knowing that education was your way, was your mm-hmm. ticket to, uh, a, a, you know, a, a future, a, a, your ticket to a, a, maybe a, a higher standard of living that Definitely. you that you wanted for you and Definitely. your family. And then and then, you know, where you are today, which is um, you have implemented a curriculum and a program called I Promise Mentoring Program, yes. which is currently in production in yeah. Abu Dhabi. And it is a program that is being given to expat African-American young men yes. in Abu Dhabi. Yes. And so, okay, where do we start? So <laughs> first off, let's talk about your beginning. All right. um, and you know what? 
I have I've got some new perspective as of late on um, categorizing things mm. as, uh, you know, like I was getting ready to say your humble beginning. But to right. me, you had a grandma. Um, and I'm, that wasn't necessarily a humble beginning. That um, was. Yes, it, I mean, it, yes was? it was. I grew up in the uh, Miller Homes projects. OK. Um, at any given time, it was 15 of us in a three bedroom house. Wow. Um, I remember, you know, washing clothes in a bucket, heating our house up with the oven, um, you know, sleeping with four people in the bed. You know, my grandmother went to work. She she worked. Uh, she went to work at three and got home every day at exactly one o'clock. If she was uh, one o'clock in the morning, if she was late one oh one, we're panicking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so just pretty much, you know, growing up in uh, government housing, um, I really didn't knew that I didn't have a lot until I really started watching TV. Mm. Um, and then that's when my, I guess, my perspective on life opened up. Mm-hmm. I ran track uh, from mm-hmm. the age of seven all the way to 18. I've been nationally ranked, um, you know, been on ESPN, NBC. Mm-hmm. Um, so What's every- your race? Oh, uh, everything from the two mile to the hundred. Okay, a sprinter. But but I made all American in the eight hundred. Okay, so um, middleman. Right. So okay. you know, but when I would go to these track meets, of course you go into a different place. Mm-hmm. And I remember one particular time I went to a track meet in uh, Occidental College in Pasadena, mm-hmm. California. Mm-hmm. And I was out there, and it was beautiful. From New Jersey. From New Jersey, from okay. Trenton, New Jersey. <laughs> um, and I remember when I came home, I sat on the porch. I had one and everything, and I sat on the porch and wish I was back there mm-hmm. because I came back home to you know to the drugs and to the crime, mm-hmm. um, and of course the gangs. And so my grandmother was the solid foundation. I believe I got my work ethic from her. Mm. My slick tongue from her, mm-hmm. uh, my tenacity um, from her, um, because my grandmother left Hallsboro, North Carolina, mm. by herself, mm. and went to Trenton, New Jersey. Wow! And I left Trenton, New Jersey, by myself, and went to Raleigh, North Carolina, mm. for school. So I just feel like a lot of the Betty, which is mm. we we call her Big B, um, is coursing <laughs> through my veins. My mother was a teenage mother. Okay. But my mother was highly, highly intellectual. Mm. And so as a, you know, at a young age, you know, my mother was focused on school. And my grandmother said, you know, give me him and you go focus on your school. Mm. And so, you know, uh, my mom got caught up in working. Mm. My mom is a workaholic. Mm. Like I know that my mom didn't have any, you know, addictions or anything like that. But work other was Other than work. Thing. Right. Other, other than work. Yeah. And so... You know, like I said, my grandmother, you know, had a had the firm hand on me and she really helped me push through. So my my beginnings were humble. Okay. I, you know, I know what it's like to, to eat out of a trash can. I know what it's like to, oh, oh you know, she would bring home washcloths because she worked at a senior citizen's home. Mm-hmm. And she would bring home the, the cloth washcloths mm. that were disposable. So we would wash up with them. Mm. So my, my beginnings were, were pretty humble. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Well, and and where I where I was going with that is that I'm starting to realize that um, there's this uh, interesting place that you can get to where you believe that having certain things means that you have certain things. Correct. And it sounds like your grandmother, Big B, is pretty <laughs> pretty awesome and, and and phenomenal woman, and. Um, 
and I'm just beginning to uh, lately, I've just been realizing how valuable someone like Big B being in our life is much, much more valuable than a big house and a big yard and a fancy car and, you know, all of that. And so if we all just had a big B in our life, how much better would we be, you know, and um, big B makes it better. She's, right? Oh, she's still around. Um, I, I talk to her every day. My, my, my grandmother just turned, just turned 81. What? Um, and when I call her, I call her in front of my friends. I say, what's up, shorty? They're like, who are you talking to? I'm like, man, I'm talking to my grandmother. So, yeah. yeah. Have you seen that commercial where the lady comes down and catches her husband on the phone uh, in the middle of the night talking to the cable provider? <laughs> who are you talking to? Uh, talking to That's Jarvis. It. That's it. Yeah, you sound hideous, right? She said, what are you wearing, khakis? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you're on the phone. What's up, shorty? Yeah. Who are you talking to? I'm talking to my grandma. Yeah, right. I'm talking to grandma. Yeah, okay. But that's all right. Um, uh, you know, and so you, you're you connected to her. You She's raised you up. And then you moved on to Raleigh, North Carolina, where you got your education. Yes. Did you continue with track at that time? Um, I'm going to be so honest. I took my gift in vain. Okay. Um, I was the kid that I didn't have to practice. Okay. I would literally just show up and run. Mm. I remember one time the newspaper, they labeled me the, the phantom mm. because, you know, I was I would just show up to where I wanted to be. Um, when coming out of high school, I was like the number one half miler in the country. Wow. But I was like, you know what? I done did everything. I don't want everything. So what? And yeah. I, I went to... Uh, to the U.S. Army. I went to Fort Jackson, mm. South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And a person there asked me, he said, are you Jameer Reynolds from Trenton Central? Wow. <laughs> and he was from California. And he said, my father always talks about you. Wow. 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 So that, See that? So that made me, you know, wake up. I was like, I can't be here. And I talked to my drill sergeant. And he was like, Reynolds, I don't want you to go. I said, but Drill Sergeant Riley, I don't want to be here. Mm. And he was like, well, I'm going to give you three chances and you tell me no. And he was like, I told him no. He told me to do push-ups. And I left the day after I got back to Trenton. I got back on a a train by myself with a suitcase and went to uh, Shaw University. Wow. All right, Shaw. Okay. Yeah. So, wow. Okay, so this is this is very interesting. I feel like we're on a little trip right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. you, you too? Mm-hmm. Okay, so go ahead, and, and we're going to take a little pause. We're going to come back on the next step of the choo-choo of the journey. We're going to come right back in just a second. And thank you for listening to Abolition Radio. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. And welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. We're in the studio today with the Phantom, uh, Jameer Reynolds. (laughs) (laughs) I hear him calling. Yeah. That's and he exactly. just ran out in the hallway, and he's on his way back. He's coming. He's coming. Oh, there he is. Woo. Oh. Beep, beep. Uh, sorry. 
I've got all kinds of silliness going on today. All right. So one of the things we were talking about during the break is um, that it was really hard on you. And, and I see that you put it to use, but it was really hard on you when your aunt passed away of AIDS. Mm-hmm. Um, this was at the time that you had moved to Raleigh, North Carolina yes. during that time. Okay. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and so I haven't actually experienced um, one of my family members passive AIDS, but I have ha- I have several family members that are currently infected with AIDS and mm-hmm. and impacted by it. And um, it's you know, it's I mean, what do you do? Like, how did you cope with that? Um, it was really difficult because when my grandmother would go to work and my mom would be at work, my aunt Ronnie was the mom mm. and she was also the oldest child. Mm. And so for me, I was just seeing her deteriorate every time I come home, you know, and I would see her getting smaller and smaller. And we all remember my aunt as being a bartender, worked in a bar. She was lively, you know, Mm -hmm. just happy. And then one day I came home, she was in a wheelchair. Wow. And it hurt me because, you know, I'm away and I can't really, you know, help her out and take care of her. So finally I came home for like six months. Um, and helped out or whatever. But I remember um, going to North Carolina. I came home for like a holiday or something. I was ironing a yellow shirt, and my aunt, my aunt Venus called me and said, Jameer, you need to get to the hospice. Ronnie isn't going to be here mm. long. So when I came in, the, I'm driving. It seemed like it was the longest drive ever. And when I pull up, I don't even park the car. I jump right out. It seemed like the elevator was waiting on me. Mm-hmm. And I got upstairs. I seen my, my aunts and my Aunt Ronnie's daughter outside crying in her, you know, crying. And when I walked into the room, her, she looked like a skeleton, like with like a, one layer of skin. Mm-hmm. And my grandmother bowed her head. And, you know, she was praying over. And my grandmother lifted her eyes up and said, get her dress ready. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I, I whispered in there. I said, Aunt Ronnie, you know, I'll be back. Um, you know, just hang on. And her breathing was real, really like j- just real short, shallow, shallow breaths. <clears throat> and then I was I was back at my father's house. And that's when I got the call that uh, that she passed away. Mm. And it's still hard for, mm-hmm. for me, mm-hmm. um, you know, but that when when she passed away, it it put like a, a big hole in our family. Yeah. The funny thing is, um, like I was telling Bonita, five, four years later, my twins were born on the last day I seen my aunt alive. Wow. And I was like, this is her gift. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to, to me, to, to provide me with some comfort. Mm-hmm. You know, I still feel her. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I do believe she saves me from myself a lot of times, mm-hmm. amongst other things. But, you know, it, it was pretty hard for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and what a gift to have two. Mm. And are your yeah. twins girls or boys? Oh, no, nah, a boy and a girl, man. Oh, wow. One of wow. Each? That's cool. Wow, yeah. that's cool. I think my son is going to be a pastor, though. Well, that's that's nothing okay. wrong with that. No, no, because, he no, like, oh man, no, no, not that. It's I like, got to deal with the pastor too. It's um, kind of a trick. Nah, it's no. like, but it's like when we out, he 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 calls me father. <laughs> but I didn't tell him to do that. I was like, dude, just call me pop. He was like, no. Your father, but you now got your, I want you to wear a necklace right, right now so bad. Like, I, I need to get your little white collar, on. Uh, right? But but now you know, um, you know, he, he calls me dad or whatever. But yeah, like I said, I do believe that they were the gifts 
mm-hmm. from from my aunt. Mm-hmm. So, and what's yeah. your aunt's name again? Uh, her name is Velma Martin. Velma, but but, okay. but we called her Ronnie. Okay, Ronnie was the yeah. one you were referring to. Okay, yeah. and so Ronnie was Ronnie w- who inspired you to form the African American. Um, uh, what was it? Advocates it for AIDS. Advocates for well, AIDS actually, in Northern California. Actually, I wrote a, a screenplay. Okay. And I mm, another it, connection. <laughs> then 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 it didn't get picked up, but but then I start. I used the money out of my own pocket to mm. put on her life story. Mm. Got you. And so um, I was performing a play um, in Wake Forest, North Carolina, mm. and it got picked up by the uh, the National. Catholic Action Network in Cannes. Mm. And I began performing all around North Carolina, and then they flew me and my uh, cast to Chicago, and mm. we performed at Loyola University. Mm. Wow. Um, and so, but the story was really based on her life. You mm. know, I, I talked to everyone, I got everyone's permission um, to do it. But um, so while I was performing a play, um, the founder, Kareen came to the play and was like, man, like, this is really good. Like, <laughs> and she told me where she, uh, who she represented. And she said, would you like to be a board member mm. of our organization? It was like, you know, because you have the passion. So, wow. Um, that's, but that's, yeah, so that's, that's how the African advocate aid of AIDS uh, connection came about. That's how the connection happened. And what's the name of the play? Uh, it was called Hidden Consequences. Mm. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, what a way to pay pay homage, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. to your to your aunt mm-hmm. and to your family. Um, I too, you know, um, it's interesting because when I think about what I've been called to do with Love Never Fails, and I think about my family background, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm paying honor to my, you know, my late grandmother who mm-hmm. was a survivor of of exploitation, mm-hmm. and um, you know, and those. I'm sure, you know, there's many stories because I didn't because of the lifestyle that she had lived. I didn't get the opportunity to spend a lot of time with her. So I didn't know what her mother's life was like. And Mm -hmm. and and, but I'm sure that that was prominent in my bloodline. Mm -hmm. And um, and so now uh, for this to come full circle where I'm now saying, you know, uh, taking a stance and my even my little daughter, you know, my nine year old, like you have your two twins. Mm-hmm. My nine year old daughter is saying, Mommy, when I grow up, I'm going to make sure that people treat each other well in this world. And she, boy, she's something else on that, <laughs> on that playground. Uh, Somebody starts bullying. Security oh, no. Guard. Uh-uh. She's uh, like, I, I don't care if they're in the fifth grade. She's in third grade. I, know. I don't care if they're in the fifth grade. They ain't. No, they're not doing that. I'm like, oh, Lord, what have I done? Right, right. Are your kids kind of doing the same um, thing well, a little bit? Actually, I, I have five uh, children. Lord, yeah. let's pray now. Hey, let's hey, pray. Listen, let's pray. Listen. And your wife That's is okay. Shakira, correct? Yes, it is. Yes. That is. That is Queen B. Um <laughs> Uh, I have a 16-year-old, um, two 11-year-olds, uh, a 5-year-old, and a 2-year-old. Wow. Um, so, she is Queen B. You know. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. But I, I think for for my kids, I, my son is like that. My my 11-year-old son. The preacher. Um, yeah. He, they, they were living in, um, um, in, in Florida, and he got into a fight on the playground. Mm. And I said, man, why are you out there fighting? Mm-hmm. He said, because, Dad, they were cursing on the playground, and I don't like people to curse. <laughs> 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 and 
But right. I mean, but when you're 11 and you're about five, six, Ooh. Oh, wow. He's oh. projected to be about 6'5". Wow. So it's like, nah, you can't be 11. No, he is 11. Wow. Like, wow. We out there thugging. Right. <laughs> Gang banging with Jesus. That's right. <laughs> he like, check this out. Yeah, for this real. yard is cuss free. For real. <laughs> you getting put on your back, yo. No, no preventative zone. <laughs> All right. Well, um, that is awesome. So um, thank you for kind of pulling us into all of these little steps. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about what you're doing with I Promise. What led you, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, out of our country into another place to go and share this, you know, this this mentoring curriculum with um, African-American expat and and then how how do you see that unfolding here and is do you think that in this day and age where um, there are so many um, people speaking out about um, the the need for um, uh, policing uh, community policing the need for um, uh, you know organizations to be more aware of how African-Americans uh, is in particular males mm-hmm. uh, need to be nurtured, spoken to, mm-hmm. cared for. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, it seems like a very good time mm-hmm. for us to be focusing in this way. So when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about that and also the cross section with human trafficking. Yeah. So uh, we'll be back and thank you for listening to Abolition Radio. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. And welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. We're in the studio today with Jameer Reynolds having a great time just talking about uh, his journey, really, um, coming from... Uh, you said it was 13, 14 people in a household when you were growing, coming up. About and 15. 15, whoa. Yeah. And moving, you know, from that, uh, you know, accomplished athlete, um, seeming to me, sounding like very connected to your, your grandmother and your family and very tightly knit, moving into North Carolina, going to college, uh, starting a play, uh, just really becoming active in, 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 in a variety of different ways, depending on your life experiences. As things started to happen, you did something in response to it. And, 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 and what I want to touch on is the journey that you that brought you to um, your I Promise mentoring program, which is, again, providing support and mentorship to mm-hmm. expat young men. And this was something that you implemented as part of your relocation to Abu Dhabi. Mm-hmm. How did you get to Abu Dhabi? <laughs> That's what I well, want to get to. Be- um, my, my wife was talking to her friend about um, her friend was already living in Abu Dhabi. And she was like, Shakira, I think you should come over here. You know, it's, it's great. Now we're newly married. And so we're like, uh, okay, let's apply for it. So my wife, she filled out the application. They said, we need you to come to New York from North Carolina for the interview. So going up there, I said, look, I'm telling you they're going to hire you. Mm-hmm. And she said, Jameer, they don't do that. It's a, I said, listen, man, I'm telling you they're going to hire you. Mm-hmm. She came out. She said, uh, Jameer, they hired me. I said, I yeah. told you. Shocker. Right? Um, and so we were going, we were scheduled to leave in August, but we found out we were pregnant uh, with KJ. And we pushed it back. She left uh, in February of 2012, and I drove 
all the way from Raleigh, North Carolina, to El Sobrani, California. Oh, gosh. Picked up KJ, and because my, my younger ones were up north. Picked up KJ and flew 17 hours by myself with like wow. a six-month-old. Wow. Um, she got over there and she was teaching. Uh, kindergarten, um, she taught fifth grade and sixth grade. And so while I was over there, I eventually um, was uh, working on my master's degree. Um, dealt with about a depression over there because of the language and the cultural. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, man. The cultural clash, I should say. And then I started playing football. Um, I played in the Emirates American Football League over mm-hmm. there. And the first year was implemented. Uh, we won the championship. Mm-hmm. But what I kept noticing is these young men who were playing on the smaller teams, there were no men there cheering for them. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of African-American moms over there who are single moms. Mm-hmm. And so they're raising these young men all the way from the ages of, from the, the youngest I've seen was like two, all the way up to 15, 16 so I sat down with two of my friends over there. I said, look, man, we have to do something about this. And one of my friends didn't come back to the UAE, and another one just really dropped off. And so over the summer, I developed a curriculum. And so when I came back, um, I called a meeting with the parents of the younger kids in the football league. I introduced myself and said, this is what I want to do. Uh, two parents, man, Stepped out on faith with me, uh, BJ and uh, Dr. Patterson. They said, well, you know, I'm going to let you mentor our sons. It was just me. Hmm. And I would go pick them up, um, give them financial advice, self-esteem advice. Then it grew. And then eventually I began having um, Saturday classes where you had mandatory uh, dress code, Mm -hmm. shirt, slacks, tie, um, shoes. That's a shocker. We see (laughs) (laughs) and then from there i started uh talking to my friends and then they became the mentors and i stepped back Mm. but the way that i chose the mentor was based on the personality of the Mm -hmm. kid Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and just seeing how it worked and from there uh we taught uh emotional intelligence classes we had uh uh sex education taught by actual health teacher. We had financial classes. Uh, we had an executive chef who was mm. one of my uh, mentors as well. Um, he brought them in to do cooking classes. And so, you know, from there, it just grew and grew. And then we, um, for a, a gift to the parents, we had the the six mentees. Uh, we had them tailor-made suits. Made mm. from scratch. All of the, the mentors I and love that me, part. the executive director, uh, chipped in. And then we had our first annual I Promise dinner at a Marco Pierre White, which is like a four or five star restaurant. But it was sponsored by the Masons in Dubai because of mm. the work I was doing. Mm. And I didn't ask anyone for anything. And that's how, you know, the blessings, be, you know, started flowing. I just put my head down and start working. And so it's still going. Um, like I said, I just sent over a piece of curriculum uh, to the new executive director. I want to say thank you to my frat brother, mm-hmm. Mr. Julian Ivy, who is the new executive director of the program. Hey, Julian. <laughs> and so, yeah, 
Okay. So just I'm just trying to clarify here. BJ and Dr. Patterson were the parents of the, of the the children. The, the first two. The the yeah. parents of some of the the, the beginning uh, children uh, got right, you, and so they right. kind of come alongside you yes. to launch this program. Yes. And they um and, and and so you guys taught emotional intelligence, financial literacy, food, culinary, sex, sex ed were the kind of the different workshops that and you were creative writing. Writing. Um, okay. Uh, I taught 12-year-olds how to understand a credit score. Good. Um, you know, just really dealing with the foundation. It was really focused on matriculating back into the U.S. society because okay. they have been out for so long. Mm-hmm. So it's getting them ready. Got gotcha. you. Okay. And so, um, w- and all of these families were African-American. Yes. Okay. And their fathers or mothers were either teaching in that area or they were, uh, you said they were single moms. Were they all single teachers? Moms. All of them were teachers. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. Now mm-hmm. it's making sense to right. me because I was trying to figure mm-hmm. out if they were in the military or what they were no. doing. So yeah. So gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so wow, you saw a need. Yeah, you saw a need. Yeah. And so action. tell me, what's the promise? Um, well, we we promise to hold them accountable. We promise to seek the truth. Um, you know, we we promise to put our best foot forward through anything. And I think that I, the reason why I call it "I promise" is because I made a, a conscious decision to give back. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to keep my promise mm-hmm. to you. Yeah. Nice. That's, um, that's and, really good. And and that's why I called it I Promise. Got you. So it's really coming from the mentor. Definitely. To the mentee. Yes. Mm. Mm. I love that. that I love how, how you said, too, that you match mentee to mentor yes. based on, it sounds very much like our Mentors for Positive Change. Yes. We try to match the mentee with, you know, a good match for right. the mentor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes that whole that whole mentor-mentee uh, relationship a whole lot a easier. A whole lot easier. Yeah. Well, one of the things that um, was an aha for us with Mentors for Positive Change is we try to do um, uh, mentoring of girls and mentoring of boys, mm-hmm. and we found it needs to be, the model needs to be very different. And so Definitely. it sounds like <laughs> you uh, already, you know, you knew that because you're right. a guy. Duh. Right. Um, but I had to take like three years to figure that out. Right. And my husband tells me that kind of stuff. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's like, I love the way you're telling me how to be a guy right now. Yeah, it's, like, <laughs> it's a little different. It's a little different. But I, I was like, why don't guys just sit down and talk to each other like girls do? He's like, no, we don't roll like we that. Yeah. We get together. We do an activity together we talk together I mean, we do that's group dynamics like, yeah like like communicating effectively mm-hmm. that's a skill oh, that, yes, that, that most young men especially african-american males are not taught right mm-hmm. and so you know i and i really was conscious of making the decision to help them develop that skill yeah, that's, great. that's so, wonderful. Yeah. So um, when we come back, I'd love to hear, uh, dig a little bit more into maybe a, a story or two of, you know, something that really, like for me, there are some, I mean, I love working with all of our survivors, um, but there are a couple of people that have um, kept me going, mm-hmm. let's just say, when I think about what happened in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we come back, I'd love to hear a few mm-hmm. stories and um, and then talk about maybe some future things that might be coming down the pike. So <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> we'll be right back. And thank you for listening to Abolition Radio. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages. Mm-hmm. 
Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. And welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. We are in the studio today with Jameer Reynolds, who uh, is the founder of the I Promise Mentoring Program, amongst other things, playwright, uh, athlete, <laughs> we are father of so five, much today. He's Cole's brother. Busy in my thirty-six years. <laughs> That's it. So, um, one of the, so so j- just diving a little bit into I Promise and and connecting it back to. Uh, here, what's going on here? Have any of your uh, mentees come back to the states, and do you keep in contact at all with them? Um, I actually do. You know, I talk to the parents. Um, I make sure that the line of communication is always open. Mm-hmm. Um, one particular case, um, I had a young man call me um, over the summer, and his mother flew from Abu Dhabi to Atlanta and drove from Atlanta all the way to New Mexico. And he called me and he said, uh, my dad wants me to come, wants my mom to bring me to come see him. His father lives 45 minutes away and would not drive 45 minutes to see his son. Mm -hmm. Now, his mother literally traveled 10,000 miles. Mm -hmm. And I talked to him and I said, listen, I want you to, to ask him and tell him that you prefer that he makes the effort to come see you because your mother has traveled so far. I said, now, but I want you to be prepared because he might tell you no. I said, if he tells you no, I want you to be mad, yell, be respectful, but then I want you to go back to being the wonderful person that you are. And he called me two days later. He said, Jameer, my dad told me no. Mm -hmm. And I said, now, aren't you glad you prepared for that? We had this talk. He said, yes, sir. He said, I feel a lot better now. Awesome. And that's the kind of relationship that... I strive for Wow! with mm-hmm. any interaction I have with the youth. Um, wow. So. I just love that because it's not sugarcoated. No. Mm. It's real. Yeah. And I love that you gave him the space right. to go ahead and yell and mm-hmm. say how you feel respectfully. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, that's good. That is so good. And I think that just kind of bridging that into the culture of this day mm-hmm. um, where we find, you know, um, uh, we find young men, African-American men, yelling out, screaming out. Last week, uh, I had a guest on the show, uh, Michelle Ryan, who's the co-founder of Stellium. And we were talking about hip hop music and talking about, you know, a lot of it is misogynistic. A lot of it is, is, is anti-female is, is angry is, is, you know, I'm going to shoot you up. I'm going to beat you and, you know, just be and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But you know what we, what we kind of process together is like, yeah, you can get into a place where you're judging that and saying, oh, the, the, the youth of this day, they're just pathetic. They're mm-hmm. low. They're this. They're that. They have no respect. But if we stop for a moment and say, check this out, we got a young man whose mama flew 10,000 miles to get one day, one touch from a dad mm-hmm. who said no. Mm-hmm. And think about what that does to a person. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know for myself, having grown up without my father, the anger that grew for me, not having access to my father when I needed, when, when a man was abusing me and I wanted to have a man that I could go to and say, make it stop. Mm-hmm. But there was no one that creates an anger. It creates a rage. I mean, I had, I had, my parents were teenagers, and so my my dad came from, um, and I remember him telling me this, that, you know, when he was growing up, his father wasn't there, and so he would shine shoes. 
and things like that. And so when I did have interactions with my dad, my dad really didn't know how to be a father. Then he's young, so he's winging it. Right. And so I remember, and I love you, Pop, but you know this is the truth. Um, I had a track meet, and I wanted him to pay for the prom. But he said, if you want to pay for the prom, you need to get a job. So I forfeited a state meet to work in the hospital kitchen, washing dishes to pay for my prom. Mm-hmm. I forfeited all types of scholarships and views and uh, offers and everything. But I was angry at the time. But now that I'm older, my father didn't really know what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Right. So he backed away a lot. And so when he has a son who's asking him questions, he doesn't have the capacity to mm-hmm. understand. He thinks that I'm trying to challenge his his manhood mm-hmm. or him being a father. Mm-hmm. And and that kept us apart a lot. And an, another real story, just real quick, I remember the day I was graduating with my master's degree. Me and my father got into an argument. And I started crying. And I said, you know what? You never did nothing for me. I said, I did all this by myself. Mm. And that was the first time I seen my father cry. Mm. And my father said, you're right. Mm. Mm. Wow. And for, for us to make that step, mm-hmm. for him to say that, you know, to have a son that, you know, he was around, but then he wasn't. But your son went on to, my dad has an eighth grade education to where mm-hmm. you're watching your, your son graduate mm-hmm. with a master's degree. Right. And I was like, man, you don't even got to come. He said, man, I don't care. I'm coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And from from there, our relationship just took off. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we had that space. But again, he didn't know what he was doing. And see, that space that you got into where you said you, you yelled mm-hmm. and you got angry. I did. Mm-hmm. But you felt better afterwards. I didn't curse because my dad could fight. So. Oh yeah. yeah, just because he had. I know that's right. So, you yeah. was you was smart. You was yeah, you yeah. got your masters. He, he got that, that butt He got a mean jab. I'm you. So, yeah. so, but but you know when we think about when we think about the place where our young people are, and I want to kind of pull in this topic of human trafficking because in particular, so some statistics, right? We know that um, the preponderance of those that are being um, arrested for exploiting uh, predominantly African-American women mm-hmm. and young ladies and children are African-American males mm-hmm. uh, between the ages of 18 and 24. Now, that's arrest. We know that there's some dynamics going on in mm-hmm. our culture about, you know, really arresting an African-American male more than your average anybody. Right. Right. So there's there's that dynamic in play. But even so, we know that there's this these behaviors that are widely accepted and promoted in the African-American community. And I think some of it is historical slavery. Some of it is, you know, um, abuse just permeating through our our culture and our, you know, because of that slavery. Um, But, you know, there's there's this. I think a rage that's mm-hmm. sitting in many of our young men, it and is. they don't know how to um, be angry, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and yell, and 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 then feel better afterwards. That process, and they don't have a mentor such as yourself mm-hmm. that's guiding them and supporting them through the. Pro- Would you do you agree? Oh no, definitely I agree. I just feel like they don't know how to yell and release without associating it with violence. Violence, mm-hmm. right? And oftentimes they think a release comes through a punch. Mm. Mm. But more than likely, I just had a young man who was upset who sat in my office and I closed the door. I said, it's okay to cry. Mm -hmm. And he cried. And I said, now, don't you feel better? Mm -hmm. He said, yes, sir. And that in particular for our males in general, Mm -hmm. but particularly African-American males, you know, we're always told, oh, you better not cry. You're a guy. Don't cry. 
And that is the biggest lie. I mean, my dad used to tell me, he was like, we Vikings. We don't cry. Man, I guess I do. <laughs> you know what? The other day, my husband cried, and I was so in love. Like, yeah. I'm serious. Yes. Like, I was like, oh, my gosh. I'm yes. so yes. Can I marry you again? Yes. <laughs> One more time. But, but like, I think there's still that mm-hmm. old school way mm-hmm. of thinking, like, you won't be appealing to right. your, right. you know, right. A, a, right. your significant right. other. You won't, you know, your people will think you're a punk. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll, they'll. But, and, and you know, well, my weak. husband tells me yeah. all the time, you know, it's like. Yeah, I show that weakness, and there's many people that are waiting around to uh, exploit that. Mm-hmm. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. To pounce Definitely. on it. Definitely. So you provided a safe place in your office. Yep. I mean, and that's, that's what I do with a lot of young men I come into contact with. You know, like, you know, being a man doesn't mean having all power and being, you know, being a man means showing humility, being vulnerable. Um, mm-hmm. and, I, and I just think that needs to be reinforced. And I also think that the fathers of today— need mentors as well yeah um because a lot of them are winging it yeah and you know that that's, that's something good. i would like to do as well like mentor that is other fathers. so that is good, good. Yeah. Um, one of my one of my good friends uh pastor hector mm-hmm. also known as fuego he's a rapper okay. that is his platform is right. like teaching fathers to be fathers mm-hmm. and um maybe we we'll, uh, yeah, it would be a good little connection, huh? Yep. Um, okay. So I got some things going on in my mind, but we're going to save that for part two of the show. <laughs> but uh, we, we actually are going to go to break. We're going to come back and talk about some events that are going on in the community. Um, I um, I do want to just um, encourage you, if you want to support Jameer with what he's doing with I Promise or mm-hmm. even... You know, talk to him about an I Promise yeah. chapter here <laughs> yeah. in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. don't steal my thunder, right? <laughs> um, do a post on our on our Facebook page. Yes. Go to Abolition Radio Facebook page and uh, just just say I like I what promise. you had to say. And yeah, there just you say, go. I promise. I promise. There we go. And we'll hook you up. There all right. Go. All right. We'll be right back. And thank you for listening to Abolition Radio. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. And welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. Uh, well, uh, we've had a wonderful time today. Thank mm-hmm. you so much for being on the show, Jameer. Thank you. Thank you. Are there, is there a way that our listening audience can make direct contact with you? Um, you can reach me. Well, you can go to our Facebook page, uh, which is I Promise. Um, if you want to be more specific, I Promise Abu Dhabi. Um, my email address is Jamir Reynolds. That's J-A-H-M-E-E-R Reynolds, R-E-Y-N-O-L-D-S, all one word, at ymail.com. Awesome. So ah, give them a shout out and and, and go on our page and say I Promise yeah. and we'll, we'll connect yeah. you up. So yeah. uh, what else do we got going on, Benita? Well, wow, so much is happening. If you are interested in anything Love Never Never Fails and would like to volunteer with us, uh, come on out this Thursday night at 7 o'clock at our Haywood office at 22580 Grand Street and meet some folks and learn about how you can help. Um, with volunteer opportunities with us at Love Never Fails. 
Also, if I could just mention really quickly, yes. uh, we are actually hiring for uh, we're hiring a full time case manager uh, in the Bay Area, a, a part time house manager in the Bay Area and a full time case manager and house manager in Sacramento, Sacramento. County. Okay. So if you guys are interested in that, uh, please do get at me at Vanessa, V-A-N-E-S-S-A at loveneverfailsus.com. Uh, shoot me an email with your resume. That'd be great. And also we are looking for a variety of volunteers um, mm-hmm. in terms of our job training uh, leader, life yes. launch leader. We're looking for um, more administrative help in our office. Desperately need more administrative help. And and we also need a, a leader for our education protect program, a specifically the Love Never Fails delivery of the Protect program. So if you're interested in that, go ahead and give me an email. Shoot. That's great. Great, great, great. On this Monday ends our Change for Change project, our YCAT, Youth Commission Against Trafficking uh, Change for Change program. So if you have change that you want to input into that shoot me an email at Benita at loveneverfailsus.com or on our Abolition Radio Facebook page, say, you know, I have some change. I will personally come and get it from you if you are interested in participating in that. We would love that. Also, next Saturday will be our street outreach, first street outreach for 2017. (laughs) And we will be in San Francisco for this month. So um, come out on out to uh, Faith Fellowship Church at 577 Manor Boulevard in San Leandro. And we'll be meeting there at 7 for training and getting things ready. And um, so coming out, we look forward to seeing you there. And just so that you know, um, San Mateo County is having a provider conference on March 7th, and it will be at the South San Francisco Conference Center. Um, it starts at 8.30, 9 o'clock in the morning, and yours truly will be the keynote speaker. So please come out Woo-hoo! and support. Um, we'd love to see you. And on the 31st, Silicon Valley Prayer Breakfast will be having their annual um, event. And our very own founder, Vanessa Russell, will be, <laughs> will be one of the speakers there as well. So always, as usual, lots going on, lots happening, and we would love your support in everything Love Never Fails. Go to our uh, website at loveneverfailsus.com. If you would like to support us financially, go to loveneverfailsus.com slash million and donate there $1 per month to be one of a million ways to help us. $1 per month and tell someone else to give $1 per month. That is $12 for a year. And you know, pretty easy, it would seem, yeah. for anyone to help with that. And that you would be surprised how far that $1 will go Oh yeah, per month. And um, we really would love to have your help in that regard. Uh, anything else, Vanessa? Yeah, no, I was just going to uh, share with everyone that we would love for you to participate in our prayer uh, meeting on Sunday evenings. We have a corporate prayer meeting um, at 8 o'clock. And it is uh, just a really great time together, 8 o'clock p.m. Pacific time. And that's 641-715-3580. And the code is 610975. We have a new prayer leader, Chantel Alvarez, who's um, doing 
some amazing things. If you have the uh, an intercessory call on your life, uh, reach out to prayer at loveneverfailsus.com so you can join together with her. Uh, we've got a, a somewhere in the way of 10,000 people praying for us right now mm, through pa- praying great. Pelican Missions mm-hmm. and all these different churches. And, um, and then we want to be a blessing to you. If you need prayer, go on our website mm-hmm. and ask for prayer. We have a prayer form there. Mm-hmm. Fill it out. Um, and this group of, of, of um, intercessors will lift you up. Hey, uh, we saw our work this week, right? Yes. To um, young ladies who were missing. Right. And we prayed. Yep. And they were found. And they wow. were found. Yeah. Amen. And Amen. so more to the, more more to come on that. Uh, and thank you again for listening to Abolition Radio. And of course, we want to end the show just ma- by making sure that you know that you are loved. Thanks for joining us this week on Abolition Radio. We trust that you've been inspired by these stories of hope and survival and that you'll accept our challenge to get involved by contacting us at abolitionradio.org by liking and sharing our page on Facebook, Facebook slash Abolition Radio, or by making a contribution directly to Love Never Fails. Abolition Radio is the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, which is a donor-supported, nonprofit ministry that Vanessa founded as a way of directly impacting the lives of young people who are trapped in or at risk of becoming involved in sex trafficking. This broadcast needs your involvement and support. To find out more, simply go to abolitionradio.org and click on Love Never Fails. Today's program was brought to you in part by Case Industries and with major support from the staff and membership and donors at Faith Fellowship Church. Our theme song, Courage to Believe, is by Justin McRoberts. Hear more about his passion for justice and art at justinmcroberts.com. Our audio engineer is Jarrell Martin, and this is Dave Naderhood. On behalf of Vanessa, Benita, and the whole team at Love Never Fails, thanks for listening, and thanks even more for taking action to help set captives free. You're in the neighborhoods we live in. You're in the ones we're passing by. You're in the ones we call our neighbors, and the ones who still sleep our eyes. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flint with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com